0: I'm stirred up. I'm stirred up about Jesus coming again. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back soon. Hallelujah. It's a moed. A moed in the Hebrew is an appointed time. It's not going, it's an appointed time when Jesus is going to come back. It don't matter if you want him to or not. He's coming at a certain time. Don't matter if you're ready or not. Might as well get ready. Hallelujah. Cause he's coming at a certain time. Hallelujah. Don't matter if you're through with what you wanted to do in life. He's still going to come. You know, I was thinking about that and I was thinking about how the average wedding in America costs $24,000 now. Did y'all realize that? And you know, I had a fi- mine cost five hundred dollars. My daddy wrote me a check for five hundred dollars, and, uh, and and said, "Can you do it for that?" And hey, we had a nice wedding. We had we had all of everything you could ha- need to have. I mean, we had it all. We you know we did it all, and we've been married uh, thirty-two years. Isn't that right? Something like that. Anyway, <laughs> you actually get where you've been married so long you forget how long you've been married, you know, you, huh? 32, 32 years, hallelujah, so $500 got, kept us 32 years, <laughs> hallelujah, and I, you couldn't do it for that. Now, I'm sure, you couldn't do what we did even for $500, but, you know, that was 1973. So anyway, um, I was thinking about, though, and I was thinking about how Jesus is going to come back. And you know, the Bible says that when Jesus comes back, that the day before he comes back we'll be marrying and giving in marriage, right? I mean, in other words, life is not going to just stop for nine years and we're going to say, oh, you know, and we're not going to do anything for nine years and then all of a sudden he's going to come back. No, life is going to be carrying on. And I thought, oh, that poor girl. There's going to be some little girl somewhere that spent $24,000 and, gee, going to come back the day before she gets to, you know, that's going to happen. And so, you know, we might as well just get over that. There's going to be a mother that's uh, eight months, And 27 days pregnant, and the day before Jesus, the day before she's ready to deliver, Jesus is going to come back. Amen? It's always going to be that way. There's always going to be some little girl, somebody, somebody. You know, the million-dollar deal was going to go through the next day, and Jesus is going to come back. You know, you was gonna get the check the next day, and Jesus, see it's always gonna be that way. And so, what we just get ready? Why those stu- those things are not gonna matter, and yeah. at all in the kingdom of heaven. And God's got it all worked out, and He's got it worked out good. Amen. He's got all those things worked out, and so, uh, but that's how it's gonna be. There's always gonna be someone, and some of us we're gonna be just because we're because we're carrying on with our life. We're gonna be in that place where uh, where some of us are not gonna are going to be right there the day before the marriage or the day before we, they, you know, we'll have this big, huge church building built and the day before we's going to have the first service, you know, it'll be like, we'll be gone. Hallelujah. And those of you that aren't ready can pastor it. There's going to be some mighty committed Christians in the tribulation that what cuz the Bible says he's coming back for those that are ready. Remember the 10 virgins, those that are watching, those that have their uh, have oil in their lamps. Remember the little song, give me oil in my lamp. Keep me burning, burning, burning. Give me oil in my lamp. I pray. Hallelujah. Give me oil in my lamp. You know, and so there's going to be some Christians that are born again, but they're just not watching for Jesus. They're not ready they're And, they're, and the Bible says, you know, that's the weeping and the gnashing of teeth. It's not that it's not talking. When you read that scripture, it doesn't say that that's the people that are going to hell that are going to weep and gnash their teeth. No, you know, who's going to weep and gnash their teeth? Christians that don't have oil in their lamp. They're born again, but they weren't watching. They weren't ready. Uh, they was off. Doing something else, and they're they're gonna weep and gnash their teeth. Why? Cause oh my lord, the whole church left. Nearly everybody in my church is gone, and those are gonna be such committed. They're gonna be the best, aren't they? They're gonna be so. And I don't want to be one of them. I know. By our friend Johnny Gooding used to say, "I'm gonna be on the first train out." you going to be on the first train out? How many you going to be on the first train out? <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going on the first train. Hallelujah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Can't wait. Now, when I was a, a little Baptist girl, I used to, oh, I was scared, scared, scared of the second coming of Christ. So scared of the second coming. You know, just, but uh, why? Because nobody ever, I hadn't heard teaching on it. I had never heard the truth on it. I had never read my Bible you know, and I just, oh, you know, Jesus is going to come back. And, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I didn't think it was going to be as good as this life. Well, I can tell you, this life, this life is nothing. It's peanuts compared to that life. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So that was all extra. That's, anyway, that's Brother West's fault. Now, he got us stirred up in the prayer room about the second coming of Christ. And so that was all his fault there. Hallelujah. We'll blame him. Amen. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, one other thing. One other thing. While I'm going on this, I want y'all to do something. I got this in my heart, and we're going to do it. Uh, You know, this morning I was reading to you, and just in a few minutes in the prayer room, I jotted down some things, and I read them to you this morning about... uh, because we were talking about overflow and I was talking about and you know this is the year of overflow and I just saw in the word that God is just expressing this overflow to us over and over and in so many ways and I didn't even read you the whole scripture but I saw in Ephesians 1:19, exceeding greatness mighty power in first second Peter 1 3 divine power in 2 Peter 1 4 exceeding great In Ephesians 3.20, exceeding abundantly above. Ephesians 2.4, rich in mercy. That all sounds like overflow to me. Uh, Ephesians 2.7, exceeding riches. Ephesians 3.16, riches of His glory. Ephesians 1 3, all spiritual blessing. Ephesians 1 8, abounded toward us. And then I, th- tonight in the prayer room, I wrote down a few more. Grace and peace multiplied. I like that word multiplied. Not just grace and peace, but multiplied grace and peace. 1 Peter 1 2. Abundant mercy. 1 Peter 1 3. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. 1 Peter 1 8. All of this is overflow, speaks of overflow. Now, what I want you to do is this let's see how many of them we can find get in your word and found how many no we don't want it when it just says mercy it's got to say exceeding it's got to. it's got a it's got to speak of overflow and let's let's see how many of them we can find and you just write them on a piece of paper or type them on a piece of paper and we're going to clear that bulletin board off and out there and we're just going to start sticking them on the bulletin board and you write them down. You give the scripture. You don't have to write the whole verse, or you can if you want to, but let's don't make it, you know, huge Let's so we can stick a bunch of them up there, okay? Exceeding, okay, y'all going to do this? You're going to see how many you can find in the Word of God, okay? I mean, I just got, I just believe that's the Lord. I believe He wants to show us, amen? Hallelujah. We're the overflow church. We're the exceeding abundantly above all It's actually not exceedingly. It's exceeding abundantly above. So let me say that right just to be proper. Anyway, okay, y'all ready tonight? Are y'all in Ephesians? I'm not. I'm getting there, though. Okay, let's pray tonight. Father, we believe we receive what you have for us tonight. Lord, thank you for speaking to us. We hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. Thank you, Father God, that you're preparing us for that which is ahead, and we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. We've got something a little bit different for you tonight. Now, everybody up for, di- you said different, okay. God's giving you different, all right. Hallelujah, but it's truth anyway. Ephesians 4 verse 8. Whereunto, wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Everybody say gifts Gifts. unto men. men. Say gifts Gifts. unto me. Amen. So God gave gifts unto you. You're a man, aren't you? Amen. So he gave gifts unto you and then goes on down in verse 11 and he tells what the gifts are. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. So we know that the apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher are gifts to you gifts to me they're gifts to men they are gifts to us amen the apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher are gifts to you now this is really the gifts that it talks about in the new testament i know we say gifts of the spirit but it doesn't say that in the bible it says uh manifestations of the spirit doesn't it Amen. And we call it the gifts of the Spirit, and that's fine, but that's not what the Bible calls it. It says it's the manifestations of the Spirit, and these are the gifts uh, that God gave unto me. These are the gifts that God gave unto you. These are the gifts that God gave unto men, were the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Now, I wanted to say to you this tonight, and God wants you to hear this, that you, that we all need to hear God. How many of you need to hear God? How many of you need to hear God right now? You you got to hear something from God. You have to have an answer. Amen. But we all need to hear God. Even if you don't know you need to hear God tonight, I guarantee you, in order to be ready for tomorrow, in order to be ready for what's coming, you, have, you need to hear God. And one of the primary ways... Say primary. primary. The, one of the primary ways that God speaks to us is through the fivefold ministry. Now, we really are wanting to hear God many times a different way. We want to come to church... And we kind of want credit for attendance. And uh, a lot of times people sleep and, and uh, make grocery lists. I don't know what all people do. I used to, uh, in the Baptist church, I used to fill in all the O's in the bulletin, you know. And we, you know what I'm saying? In the type, ha- all the O's were filled in. Did y'all, does anybody else fill in the O's of the bulletin? Hallelujah, you know. My bulletin always had the O's filled in thank you, Jesus, and I don't fill in O's anymore, and I don't even know if we, you know, I don't know, but those little typewriter O's, like we used to have typewriters, does anybody remember what a typewriter is? Okay, hallelujah, okay, Uh, a typewriter O is just perfect for just filling in, you know, it's just, it's just different than the, uh, than a O that you get on a word processor or whatever we use, I don't know, computer. Anyway, um, so, uh, we come to church and we're like wanting credit for attendance. We don't really know that we're coming. That and then that's one of the primary ways that God is going to speak to us is through the fivefold ministry gifts or through the pastor because he's the one that's here all the time and the teacher. And so, um, but and a lot of times we're looking for God to speak to us, but we're just looking in in all the wrong places, you know. And uh, as the song goes, all the wrong places, looking for love in all the wrong places, you know. But looking for God to speak in all the wrong places. Trying to hear audible voices, which you probably never will. Trying to figure out if what you're hearing on the inside is really God speaking. You know, and you know, we need to train ourselves to hear God on the inside, certainly. And that is one way God speaks to us. But one of the primary ways that God speaks to us is through the fivefold ministry. Hallelujah. And so we need to change our thinking. If we're going to hear God speaking, and we're going to hear Him often, Hallelujah, you can hear Him three times a week. I got news for you. Here inside, and Next week, you can hear Him ten times. Next week, you can hear God speaking ten times. He's going to speak most often to us through the pastor, through the teacher, and then as he, as he brings those other gifts in, through those gifts also. Um, and he, we sometimes when the pastor's preaching, we hear audibly through what he teaches and what he preaches. And then... Other times, we also hear audibly. Well, in fact, we hear audibly, but then we'll also hear on the inside when he's preaching and when he's teaching. Hear things on the inside sometimes that he's not even saying. But why? what causes that to happen? It's the atmosphere. It's the atmosphere of the place. It's the atmosphere of faith. It's the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost that causes us to hear God on the inside, sometimes even beyond what the pastor says, uh, uh, and, and, and many times through what the pastor says. But I know one time particularly, I can remember when I was hearing beyond what the pastor says, we were seeking God about whether we, were so, we knew we were supposed to move. God had made that clear. He actually had spoken that to us in our hearts. And, um, and so he spoke that to us and we had some confirmations, but we needed to hear God about where and where we were going. We didn't know where we were moving and we didn't know when we were moving. And he had actually said, I'll talk to you about that in January. And so it was January, and we were at a Holy Ghost meeting with Mark Berzee, and actually had gone up on Friday night to go to his Holy Ghost meeting, and then on Monday and Tuesday we're going to be in a pastor's or minister's prayer meeting with Mark and Janet Berzee and, and other pastors and ministers, and so really thought we would hear God on Monday and Tuesday when we were in there praying, you know? But we got there on Friday night and went to the Holy Ghost meeting and got in a service very similar tonight. People were running and bouncing off the wall type thing, very similar, getting that Holy Ghost atmosphere. And I remember when Brother Mark got up to preach that it was like, I didn't hear a word he said, but all of a sudden the Holy Ghost started talking. And I started writing down what the Holy Ghost was saying. And I remember he began to say, he told us, he said, move to Birmingham, uh, travel out of Pastor Scott Webb's church. And he said, "Uh, go to Birmingham on such and such date gave me dates and said uh, and, find, and find a house and tell your, he said tell your mo- on the way home stop at your mother's and tell her. And then he said and then tell your board on such and such day and then till the next day tell your staff and then the next and then don't, and he said don't tell your grandmother or your daddy until you tell the whole church. Because my grandmother was, you've heard of it, telegraph telegram, telegranny. And, and if we had told a granny, she would have told everybody in the church before we got to tell in fact, she beat us to the punch on one person who was absent that day. I mean, she was, she was there. Hallelujah. And so he told us exactly, uh, you know, how to do all of that. And so he spoke in that service, in that atmosphere, and he spoke not through Mark per se that night, Brother Mark, but, but because of Brother Mark, because of the anointing that was created there. Hallelujah. But many times, many, many times, I can't tell you how many times. In fact, I come to church every week to hear God. And I hear God through the, what the pastor says. And many, most of the time, it's not like that, where, it, where I hear something and I start writing down and I'm totally caught up and I'm not even in the service. No, most time I need to listen. And if I listen, then I'll hear things that God is saying to me through what pastor says. Amen? So He's always speaking to us. He's talking to us. He's impressing us. And sometimes it's like fireworks on the inside, but sometimes it's just a little stirring. Sometimes it's just a witness amen, to what's going on. Now, only a lot of times we think, well, it just can't be that simple, but it's but going back to it's that atmosphere. The atmosphere becomes conducive to hearing God. That's why I love to come to church is because everything's easier in this atmosphere. Everything becomes easier. Speaking to the mountains easier in this atmosphere. Praying is easier in this atmosphere. Believing in faith is easier in this atmosphere. I know you've all experienced that when you were woohoo in faith and walked out the door and the anointing began to dissipate. The anointing began to leave. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, now we're going to have to dig deep here and hold on tight. Amen. I know, uh, you know, uh, Mark Hankins says, and this is true. He's talking about speaking to your mountain. He says you get in a Holy Ghost meeting like this and you're running and you're praising and you're glorifying God and it's like God lifts you up over the mountain and you can see on the other side and in that Holy Ghost meeting you think the mountain's gone and then you go home and the anointing dissipates and you realize, uh uh-oh, the mountain's still there and you know a lot of people are disappointed and oh God didn't really do it but that's not true what he did is he gave you a glimpse of the other side and now it's still up to you to deal with your mountain he said for you to speak to your mountain and God wants you to know what's on the other side so you'll speak to it he wants you to know he wants you to know what life's like without that mountain hallelujah so you'll speak to that mountain and get rid of that thing hallelujah but it's still up to you and you know I you can come in here and you can come up here and I can get rid of the mountain for you but when you you leave here, you will have to get rid of it sometime by yourself. Or, you know, if it's not that one, you'll have to get rid of one. There'll be some mountain. Amen. We all have to learn to get rid of our mountains. Amen. So it's this, this atmosphere is so wonderful. The atmosphere is so wonderful to be in an atmosphere of faith. Hallelujah. This atmosphere stirs us. This atmosphere causes us to rise up to new levels. And you know, when we leave here, even though we, the, the anointing leaves, we, we, we're never quite the same. Amen. We're changed. The Bible says in uh, Chronicles, I believe it is, it says, The spirit of prophecy came and he was changed into another man. Amen. And so the spirit of prophecy or the spirit comes and we're changed under that spirit into another man. We're not the same when we leave. And you know, it's not a a huge difference so much. Most of the time, sometimes it's a huge difference, but sometimes it's just subtle. Somebody said it this way. It's kind of like a a thin layer of paint. But how many of you, if you've ever lived in an old house where they've painted the cabinets 20 times, how many of you know that stuff will build up if you put enough coats on? Amen? And, you know, it's kind of like a, you know, you can get a little layer of dust, and that doesn't show much. But you can just, if you'll just not dust for several days in a row, you know, you'll get a layer on there, won't you? I mean, you'll get it so deep on there that you can write your, anybody ever wrote your finger on your coffee table? I mean, wrote your name, drug your finger and wrote your name on your coffee table? Why? Because it's thick, isn't it? Hallelujah. Well, that's the way church is. It's not always so noticeable what God's doing in our lives on, just as we walk out. And so some people are deceived by that. They're fooled by that. And so they come to church, and then they go three or four months, and then they come again, and then they come to church. Because why? They're not seeing the difference. But if anybody ever just comes in parks and camps, I'm telling you, that's when you, that's when you get different. It starts getting thick on you. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, so anyway, um, we hear God through the five-fold ministry gift. Speakers speaking from the heart of God. A speakers giving us the view that we need to see from. God speaks through the five-fold ministry. Let's say that together. God speaks to me through the five-fold ministry. Let's say it again. We'll do it better. God speaks to me through the fivefold ministry. God speaks to me through the five-fold ministry. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 4. We see there that there's five of those gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, and some pastors and teachers. We know that it's important to have a pastor. It is very important to have a pastor. It is also, and that's not just so you have somebody to bury you if you die. And that's the way a lot of people look at it. I mean, I have known people. Well, i got to have a pastor. You know, because I need somebody in case I die, they'll bury me. If somebody in our family needs to get married, you know, they'll be there to marry me. And that's what I need a pastor for. No, you don't even need a pastor for that. You know, a pastor's not going to be able to help you once you're dead. Hallelujah. We could just, you know, how? you know, really and truly, if it wasn't just for... Our souls, and I'm not talking about our spirits, but our souls, we really don't have to do anything once you're gone. Just, I, you know, I don't want to be crude here. Y'all forgive me, okay? We just need to get rid of the body so it don't start stinking. Amen. Amen. Now, y- I know y'all are, that's like so, re- you know, <laughs> on, is- because we're religious and we like, oh no, we got to have this big ceremony. we got to have a wake. we got to wail a little, depending on your culture. Hallelujah. Depending on your culture, you know, and it's like you don't even really care if you don't whale some. Did you know there are people that really care that don't whale? Amen. Or wherever you want to call it. Hallelujah! No, 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 that, we don't do that for the person that's laying up there. Now, you know, certainly there's an honor. And certainly there is a, you know, we, want, we come together and, you know, we can celebrate what they did and what they accomplished in their lives. And that's all, that's all good. That's fine. Not anything wrong with that. But, I mean, as far as that person goes, let me ask you, do they really care? Hallelujah. Now, do, Now, watch it. Y'all are not answering. Do they really care? No, they don't. Do they care? No, they don't care, do they? I mean, they're not going to come back and snatch you bald-headed. My grandmother said, if you do certain things, she's coming back after she dies and snatch you bald-headed. You know, she used to say that. Did your grandmother tell you things like that? And uh, she would uh, tell, you know, and then we hear things now. If Grandmother Newcomb knew that, she'd turn over in her grave. You know, and she would, boy, she was up, and Grandmother Newcomb was upset because they went to the moon. So I know she'd be, (laughs) we were messing with God's stuff when we went to the moon. So I know, well, she'd be, she would not be pleased with what the world is like now, would she? No, 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 no. And so she, we would say, Grandmother Newcomb would turn over in her grave. But no, literally, Grandmother Newcomb don't care. Amen. She don't give a rip. You know? And, you know, she didn't care a bit a lick about what went on at her funeral. And I noticed that at her funeral, and that might not be it this way at every funeral, but the one that weeped and wailed and carried on the most was the one that had been the rottenest while she was alive. Maxine was her name. Now, Maxine just carried on, and oh, they had to carry Maxine down to the front to walk by. Well, Maxine didn't treat Grandmother Newcomb nice. And I bet Grandmother, she always went like that. And I bet if she was gonna do anything, when she saw Maxine doing that, she went, <laughs> She didn't care nothing about me when I was alive, you know. You know what I'm saying. So a lot of it's just show. Oh no, if you can't say amen, say on me. A lot of it's just religion. A lot of it's just something we saw, we saw and it's been passed down through the generations, you know. Some of it is. I mean, a lot of it is. And, of course, then I know that there's, there's people that have no hope and they, you know, they don't know that there's an afterlife. They don't know that we're going to see them again and all those things. Okay, so, hallelujah, where are we on that? Anyway, so, hallelujah. So it's important to have a pastor. Oh, yeah, because of burying you. Well, there's more reasons than that to have a pastor. In fact, that's not the primary reason to have a pastor because, you know what, we can get anybody to do that. You know, and, and, you know, you say, well, I don't want just anybody to do it. I told you you wasn't going to care. But really and truly, now, I know that's true because pastor's been asked to do funerals for a lot of people he didn't know. A lot of people, he didn't know. He's been asked, would you do their funeral? And he didn't know them, and they didn't care, and he didn't care, and nobody cared. (laughs) You know? Hallelujah. Now, is that true? And so you need a pastor. That's not why you need a pastor, is to bury you. It's not, not, you don't even need a pastor just to marry you. Although it's better to be married by a pastor. It's a spiritual thing. It's not a, uh, just go down to the justice of the peace thing. It's a covenant between you, God, and that person if you do it right. Anyway, so it's important to have a pastor for that. But the most important to have a pastor for is to hear God because God's going to speak to you through your pastor. And it's also important to be exposed to all of the five-fold ministry gifts. And in this church, we try to be exposed to all of the five-fold ministry gifts. Amen? Because they're gifts to us. They're gifts to the body of Christ. And the Bible says there in verse 12 that because of the five-fold ministry, that we get perfecting. How many of you want to be perfect? Well, that's good, but that really means maturing. Amen? So, maturing. How many of you want to be mature? How many of you think you'd be better off if you were a mature Christian? Amen. I know you would be. If you don't know, well, let me tell you. When you're a mature Christian, you're you're much better off. For the equipping, so that you're equipped. So you're equipped to, to be a blessing to others, but more than that, so you're equipped to handle the issues of life, equipped to deal with the mountains, equipped to deal with the things, the, 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 the tribulations, the trials, the, the tests that come in this world. You get equipped through the fivefold ministry. And also for the building up. You need to be built up. You need to be strengthened. You need to be edified. And so through the five-fold ministry, that's how you get it. And that's why a lot of times we have very weak Christians. is because they're not being exposed to the five-fold ministry gifts, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, and pastor and teacher like they should be. So therefore, they're not maturing. And therefore, they're not really equipped to handle the issues of life. And therefore, they're not um, uh, being built up. They're not strong, they're weak baby Christians. They're born again, but they're weak. They're babies. They don't know how to handle. When cancer knocks on the door, they don't know what to do. Amen? When, when other things knock on their door, divorce and, and all the stuff that's in this world, the trials of this world, when that knocks on their door, they don't know what to do. Why? Because they haven't been exposed to the five-fold ministry gift. So the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, and teachers are gifts to me and they speak to me. They're gifts to you and they speak to you. They're, when they speak, God, what God's doing when they speak is He's arranging things. He arranges things. Did you know when you come and sit and hear the pastor or teacher or any of the other gifts speaks that things get rearranged in your life? And things that don't need to be rearranged at least get arranged in your life. Then there's correcting. There's correction that comes through the five-fold ministry gift. In fact, that's how correction is going to come. Now, you know, if you let me just say this, and you know this, but sometimes you hadn't even sat down to think about it. But the truth is that there's some of you in here that if the pastor is not the one to correct you, let me ask you who's going to correct you. Oh, I just want to get it from God. Well, that's not always sometimes we're not, you know, I found that when I need correction is when I'm not hearing God the best. Because I've gotten myself in a place where I'm not hearing him that, that the best. And so now I need correction and I need somebody else to say it to me. But let me ask you, if it's not the pastor, who's going to do it? I know uh, uh, I know, you know that if you're like us, our parents are not thinking about, I need to correct them in the Lord, the spiritual things. They're not thinking on those lines. They're not thinking about the spiritual things. I know one of our parents, all she's thinking about is going line dancing every day. Well, <laughs> That is the gospel truth. That's what she's thinking about every day is going line dancing. Well, it's good exercise. Well, yeah, but that music you've got to listen to to get the exercise is something else, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Well, and I'm not, I'm, but I'm just saying, you know, I'm not being ugly, but I'm saying now truthfully is correction going to come to me there. No, not likely. Not likely and probably since I heard she's lying dancing every day, if it did, I probably wouldn't listen. You know? I mean, that's just being honest, but isn't that the truth? Anyway, so, and then so, you know, and I know if pastor, like if, if well, I'll use Myron. I won't use pastor. I'll use Myron. Now, if Myron needs correcting, he needs a pastor. Because how many of you believe he's going to receive it very well from Leanne? I don't believe he's going to receive it. I don't believe I I'm not picking on you, Myron, but I could ask any man in this room and I could Say, well, you know, and us wives have learned that's not really the best way to go about it. Amen. How many of you've learned that? Some some women are they're either afraid to admit it or Hallelujah. something. you know. <laughs> so you need a pastor. Then I got to I'll turn the other I'll turn I'll flip the coin. Not us our, us our us wives are not always that good at receiving it from our husbands either, are we? Yeah. Hallelujah. He, you know, how, did your husband ever try to tell you something and you got mad and cried? Don't admit it. Hallelujah. Or started a fight. Or said this, well, you, you know, come back, you know, like, well, you did this wrong. Well, she says, but yeah, but you did that. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying? You know, hallelujah. Well, I know y'all aren't, the, I just know this. I just know this from watching TV. This has never really happened to us. No. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, so there's correction. And then there's direction. There's directing. God is directing traffic, and he's doing it by speaking to you what you need to do. what you, He's motivating you, too. He's motivating you. He's, inspi- he's imparting to you. We need to realize how precious the Word of God is and start listening. Be eager. Come in here eager to hear. And be listening, not just listening to a good sermon, but listening to hear God speaking. Amen. That's the whole that's the whole point, that's the whole goal. And so God speaks that direction, that correction, that inspiration, that motivation, that impartation. Turn over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. And I want us to look at some scriptures tonight cuz I don't want you to just believe me, but I want us to look at some scriptures that prove to us that God speaks through the fivefold ministry, okay? So we'll look at that. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13. For this cause also, thank we God, without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. So he said, you know, Paul is rejoicing because when they heard the word of God, and he said, which ye heard of us, in other words, they heard the word of God from them, ye received it. That's what we need to do is receive it, isn't it? Not as the word of men, but not receive it like, oh, that's just Michael Billings is talking, or that's just his opinion. But as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. We're going to have to believe it. We're going to have to receive it as the word of God in order for it to work in us effectually. The Bible says that his words, they are spirit and they are life. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter four, verse twenty, that the, that uh, what does it say? Uh, my son, attend unto my words; let them not depart from thy sight. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. There's another one in there. For they, but I'll skip that part and go on to the juicy part. For they are life unto those that find them, and health. To all their flesh. So his words, but his words are going to have to be received. They're going to have to be believed in order for them to work in us. That healing, that life to all our flesh. That the Bible says, the entrance of his words bringeth light. Uh, And so the light, light, for the light to come on, it's going to have to be believed. It's going to have to be received. Amen. Okay, turn to 1 Peter 4.11. Hallelujah. Praise God. God is good to us. He has made provision for all that we needed, and He did it through the fivefold ministry gifts. First, you know, and don't you feel sorry for people who don't have a pastor, who don't have a church where they can hear God? I know Jesus did. The Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion because they were like sheep without a shepherd. Amen. First Peter four eleven. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as the the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. That's what he said there. Now that word oracles in the Greek means the utterances of God through Christian teachers. The utterances of God through Christian teachers. The oracles of God are the utterances of God through Christian teachers. Or we could say it this way, the communication of God through Christian teachers. Or we could say it this way, the revelation of God through Christian teachers. Did you know we wouldn't be operating in a lot of revelation right now if it wasn't for the Christian teachers that had brought us revelation? That's where we're getting our revelation is through Christian teachers, through the gifts that God gave unto men. Amen. The New Living Translation says, Are you called to be a speaker? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Amen. God connects you with a pastor. And pastors and ministers come as representatives of God to give you a word in due season. And when is due season? Well, due season's every Sunday morning. Due season's every Sunday night. Due season's on Wednesday night. See, when you come to church, you receive a word from God that gets you through the week. You see, you get something from God to hang on to. You get something from God to overcome with. You get something from God to triumph with. I don't know how many times that I've been in a pickle, so to speak, and, and, and something somebody said came to my mind. I know uh, uh, Tabitha the other day said she was in a pickle. (laughs) She was in a pickle. Not literally, but y'all know what I'm saying. Anyway, she was in a pickle and she was laying there and she was having negative thoughts. She was trying to confess some negative things and she had done a... uh, a cover for a tape album for pastors. She had designed the cover and it said, the last word standing is doing the commanding. And all of a sudden that tape cover just appeared before her. In the, I mean, not literally, but she saw it. She saw the last word standing is doing the commanding. And she was like, I got to get a hold of myself. I can't say this. Amen. Amen. So that word in season there to get her through the week. Amen. That word there to that last word of standing is doing the commanding. I don't know how many times that's caught me the last two or three weeks since Pastor preached that. When I wanted to, you know, I, sometimes I even went ahead and said it. And then I said, uh-uh, 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 don't want that, renounce that, not taking that. Forgive me for that, Lord. And Tabitha has a theory. I'll tell you her theory is when you say something bad, you got to say something three times to counteract it. <laughs> so, so she said, and her theory is you, take, you, you say something once to dig it up. You say something twice to plant something different, and the third time you, you harvest the, the the you know, the different thing that you Hallelujah. I don't see that in scripture, but it works for if it works for her, nothing wrong with saying it three times. I do know that we have that according to Mark eleven twenty three, we have to say three times more than we bel- than we do. We have to do three times more saying than we do believing. You look it up. He said say three times, he only said believe one time. Hallelujah. 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 And you know, we got to live this stuff out. It's not enough to come into church and say, by His stripes I was healed, and then go out and live something different. Go out and say something different. Go out and complain about our pain. Go out and complain about, uh, you know, doctor talk about what the doctor said. You're going to have to choose. The Bible says, choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. You're going to have to choose. You're going to believe the doctor. You're going to believe God's word. Because 99% of the time, it's going to contradict each other. Now, I get excited when the doctor gives me a good report. I mean, he told me my cholesterol was perfect. Amen. And I'm like, well, praise God. But I don't care if he said it was 400. You know, in God, we're living in the supernatural, not the natural. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, you know, it's great when it lines up, but it don't matter when it don't. Say, it doesn't matter matter. when it doesn't. doesn't. That matters to him. And he's all in a sweat. And, I mean, he's in a sweat. And, you know, and he's going to, boy, he's got a pill just for that. Of course, don't read the side effects on that pill. Because I'm telling you, those side effects will get you. I mean, whoo. And God's Word has not got any side effects with it. Only good, well, it does have side effects, but they're only good ones. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, and you can't overdose on it either. Yeah. Hallelujah! can't take too much anyway. So praise God. So God speaks. He directs. He corrects. I don't know where I'm at. I was in First Peter four eleven. God connects you. Come to a church read Oh, I'm Jeremiah one. I'm getting there. <laughs> I was lost in my notes. Hallelujah. Jeremiah one. Let's read another scripture. God wants to speak to us when we're in church. And He wants to speak through our pastor, through the teachers that are in the body of Christ. He wants to speak through the fivefold ministry gifts that He brings across our paths. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 1, verse 5. And we need to be careful who we allow to speak into our life. You can let some people on TV speak into your life, and they're speaking something different. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, the Bible says we need to be able to discern between the... The vile and the pure, or whatever. I think that's not exactly how it says it, but that's close enough. Y'all look up the scripture. Jeremiah 1 5. Before I formed thee, he's talking to Jeremiah here. Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. See that word prophet? There's the fivefold ministry right there. And actually, the prophet was the only fivefold ministry in the Old Testament, that's the only one that was there. Anyway, then said I, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. But the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee. So God sends fivefold ministers. He sends them to people. He said, You will go, Jeremiah, to all that I send you to. So God sends pastors, teachers, prophets, evangelists, ministers. He sends them to people. And whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. But be not afraid of their faces. You know, sometimes as ministers, it's easy to get afraid of the people. And, you know, it's easy to to try to get a reaction from you. Brother E.L. Cole taught us, said, Don't minister for results, not reaction. Hallelujah. You can get in trouble ministering for reaction. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Sometimes we feel like we need to be delivered. You know, Joe Morris always says, Start the car. You know, hallelujah. I felt that way before. I felt like let's close this service down quick. Let's get out of here. Hallelujah. And I know every pastor and minister has. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Amen. God puts his words in ministers' mouths. God puts his words in ministers' mouths. Ministers are God's conduit, God's vessel, God's loudspeaker. Example, For example, these speakers up here on the wall, these speakers, you can hear my voice. And you know, even if I was in a box and you couldn't hear me literally, you can hear me literally and through the speakers now. But if you couldn't hear me literally, you'd be hearing me through those speakers. But let me ask you something. Are those speakers talking? No, those speakers aren't talking. They're just the conduit, aren't they? they 're actually it 's me talking in his, but the speakers are just carrying it, and that 's the way it is with God. God is talking to you and it 's the pastor 's just like the speaker up here on the wall he's just it 's just a conduit he 's just carrying it amen john three verse thirty four john chapter three john three thirty four listen to this: for he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. For he whom God hath sent speaketh the words of God. God sends people. Next week, God's going to send two people to us. And we need to treat it like that. We need to esteem it like that, that they're being sent from God. Let me tell you something. Don't think they're just coming out here because it's it's fun to travel. Because I'm going to tell you something, I've traveled in the traveling ministry and it's great to go and be God's spokesman and to try to help churches. I love to help churches. I love to help pastors, but it's not fun to travel. You say, well, yeah, you know, because most people, their number one goal, I, we've had people in this church write down goals. I'm always amazed that they say like, you know, one of their number one goals in life is to travel. And you know, you may think the traveling minister that that's like traveling, but that ain't traveling. That's not vacation traveling. It's not, it's not very much fun. Now, of course, it's more fun in some places than in others and more relaxing in some places than in others. But as a general rule, I would say 85% of the time you would so much rather be at your home and with your family and you know a lot of times they've left their wife, they've left their kids. They, you know, they miss their wives just like you do. They miss their kids just like you do. Hallelujah. They're, they're, leaving th- they're, they're, they're leaving things undone at their own ministries, their own churches a lot of times. I know when we go somewhere, I come back, my desk is piled high. And it's like, man, it's like you pay for being off. Even when you're on a vacation, you pay the next week. Kind of like when they close the bank on Monday, those girls get off on Monday, they pay on Tuesday. Because everybody comes to the bank on Tuesday. And so if they, they, it's payday on Tuesday, you know, for being off on Monday. Well, it's payday when we go somewhere. Because my desk is piled high. There's lots of stuff to do. And that's the way they are. It doesn't stop it. They're, plus, they have the care of their churches. They have to wonder, well, now, are, they, are my people getting what they need? And so they're doing it, they're being sent by God and they're obeying God and we need to receive it like that, treat it like that, and esteem it like that. And you know, even as ministers, Nan, I'll talk about us, we have to guard ourselves and realize that we're just the donkey carrying the Messiah. Remember that they, they went into the town and they got a donkey and Jesus climbed up on the donkey? And remember when, they were, when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on the donkey that they were waving palm branches and saying, Hosanna? And you've heard the joke, wouldn't it have been stupid of that donkey to think that he's waving them palm branches and, them, and saying Hosanna because of him? Were they saying Hosanna and waving palm branches because of the donkey? No. They were waving the palm branches and saying Hosanna, glory to God in the highest, because of Jesus riding on his back. And that's the way ministers are. We're not Jesus, and we don't have the words of life, but he just, we're just a conduit. And we've we got to make sure we remember we're the donkey. Amen. But at the same time, it's very, it's not your responsible to make sure that we remember we're a donkey. You know? It's not your responsible to make sure that we don't think we're somebody. Well, Pastor, I don't want you to get puffed up now. And it's my job to keep you humble. No. We esteem and respect and honor the pastor and the speakers that God has sent. And if we don't, we won't be able to receive everything God has for us through them. No, it's not our responsibility. It's God's responsibility. When the pastor needs humbling, God will humble him. If he don't humble himself, God will humble him. The Bible says humble yourself, but if he don't, God will humble him. When the speaker needs humbling, God will humble him. Sometimes he humbles them, and uh, There's a lot of ways God has, but anyway, that's not a, none of our concern. Hallelujah. So we esteem the gift, but we're not esteeming the person. Hallelujah. But they are walking in a body, and so sometimes it seems sort of like the same thing. You know, we enjoy one another. I don't know if y'all realize that, but we really enjoy y'all. We really love y'all. We'd rather be with y'all than anybody on the face of the earth. Now, you know, we don't say this. We don't want you to send the tape to Texas. But when it comes to even holidays, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, it's like, well, they were like, well, why don't y'all come home? And you know, we can't say this, but we'd, oh, a ton, a ton, a ton rather be with y'all. On Thanksgiving and Christmas, than to be with our family. Now I'm not. I am not putting my family down, but why? Because it's so. It's precious to be with people of like precious faith. It's people, It's precious to be with believers. We think alike. We talk alike. We speak alike. You know. And you know we're we're all we're in faith. Hallelujah. And we, I get built up when I'm around you. I get I get strengthened when I'm around you. And I enjoy being around you. Hallelujah. And so we enjoy one another. And so, but we need to also remember it's okay for us to enjoy one another, but when Pastor steps into the pulpit, we need to remember there's a gift there. Because see, you can get familiar. You can get familiar with the gift. You can get familiar with the person and then not be able to esteem the gift. Do y'all know what I'm saying? You and so we need to always keep it where I'm esteeming, I'm respecting. There's a man up here, he's operating in a gift, he's standing in an office. There are things in us as pastors that you need. There's things in Brother Ross. There's things in Brother David that we need. In fact, there is spiritual wealth in these gifts. And, and you know, some of it comes from the gift and some of it comes from the experience. I know like Brother David, I, I tell you, I just love people that, that are word of faith that came out of Pentecost, the old time Pentecost. Because old time Pentecost knows about the move of the Spirit and the Holy Ghost, things that we don't know. Now, we know things about faith and we know things about the Word that they didn't know. That revelation wasn't in the earth then. But I'm telling you, they knew how to hear God. Yeah. They knew how to pray. They, need to, they knew how to get heaven on the scene. And so, I like Brother David has such a wealth in him. He has, he's like three generations, isn't that right? Isn't he the third or fourth generation of Pentecostal preacher? Hallelujah. Now, that's wealth. That is wealth. Ooh, I'm telling you, it makes all the difference. That's why I like Vicky Jamison Peterson, and that's why I like Patsy Caminetti. She comes from old time Pentecost. Mark Hankin's wife, Trina, comes from old time. Well, I like those people. Hallelujah! They come from old time. He comes from old time, and plus, he for 11 years he's been in every, every, every whatever it's called meeting, big meeting that Kenneth Copeland has had. Can you imagine what's in him just from being in every meeting Brother Copeland's had for 11 years playing the piano? There is a wealth in him. I'm amazed God's sending him to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we need to esteem that spiritual wealth. Don't underestimate what's on the inside of the pastor. Don't underestimate what's on, in the, on the inside of the ministers for this congregation. There's stuff, if you, you know, you need to learn to draw. We were talking today about the people that draw. Some people don't draw, they just sit there. You've got to learn to draw. You've got to learn to pull it out. There's stuff in us that needs to be said and wants to be said, but it'll never come out unless you draw on God. You draw on the gift. Amen? Hallelujah. You don't need to draw on Debbie Billings. You need to draw on the gift. You don't need to draw on Pastor Billings. You need to draw on the gift. Don't even draw on David Ellis. Don't draw on Ross Roberts. Draw on the gift of God that is within them. Brother Ross has started many churches. Brother Ross has pastored several churches. Brother Ross has ministered in so many camp meetings. Man, we can go somewhere this week if we'll draw. Yeah. Amen? So be careful you don't get familiar. I was thinking of the example of George Pearsons. George Pearsons, if you don't know, is uh, Kenneth Copeland's son-in-law, married to Terry Copeland Pearsons. And uh, she married to, anyway, married to Terry Copeland and then Pearsons is her last name. Anyway, they're pastors of Eagle Mountain Church. Well, you know, they get to be with Brother uh, Kenneth Copeland on Christmas. Thanksgiving. They get to be with him when he's not in the pulpit. But Brother George, I remember I heard him say that he still always guards himself even when he's in their home. He guards himself that he remembers that, that, that there's a gift there and he doesn't, he doesn't allow himself to get too familiar with it. Amen. Just stays in, just, just, just make sure. You need to make sure in your conversation that you don't get too familiar with Pastor. I mean, you know there's nothing but for, we can have fun, we can laugh, but you can't jab at him. And get from God what you won't have. Because why? Because you, you can't not, you've got to esteem it. You know? Hallelujah. That's true. You know? It's, it's really the truth. Uh, abuses. There's been abuses in the body of Christ. There's been abuses. Five-fold ministries have failed, and there's been abuses in the five-fold ministry. It, sometimes that's caused people to stop trusting. But when we stop trusting the five-fold ministry, we have cut ourselves off from hearing God in one of the primary ways that He speaks. And I want you to know, I'm going to just tell you flat out, right, you can trust us. Now, I'm not saying we're perfect, but I can tell you that you, one thing you can trust is we've been steady for 26 years. Since 1980, January 1st, 1980, fixing me be 26 years on January 1st, we've been steady on this word, on this word of faith word. We've been steady on, we've, you know, and so you can trust that. Pastor, your pastor is a daddy. He's been steady. He's been steady for the family. So be careful you don't quit trusting And make sure you give due honor to the offices of God, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. Um, And you know also, it's not just you that has to give honor to the office, but we have to give honor to our own office. As pastors, we need to, and if you find a pastor that doesn't honor his office, you need to get away from that pastor. The Bible says in Romans 11, 13, I'll read it to you, you don't have to turn if you don't want to, or you can, if you want to see it. You won't prove it's there. But if you're tired of turning, I'll read it to you. Hallelujah. 11.13 says, For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles. I magnify mine office. Now, this is Paul speaking, and I want you to notice how he speaks. He doesn't say, well, you know, I'm, I, I might be an apostle. No, he said, I am the apostle of the Gentiles. And he didn't even say, I am an apostle to the Gentiles, which would mean there was more than one. He said, no, I am the apostle of the Gentiles. Just like pastor would say, I am the pastor of this church. Amen. Not I am, a, I am a, a pastor of this church. That would mean there might be some others. No, I am. No, he was confident and he said, I magnify mine office. Amen. So we have to respect our own office. Uh, let me give you an example just that I heard. Uh, I heard this story about Harry Truman and General MacArthur. And during World War II, uh, and you may have heard this story, and I think it's actually in the movie uh, called MacArthur. Anyway, uh, that old movie. Anyway, um, during World War II, President Harry Truman was going to visit the front where uh, General MacArthur was. And so he flew in, and uh, when he got there and the plane landed, General MacArthur was not there. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited. And finally, General MacArthur drove up. And President Harry Truman said this. He said, I don't care that he kept Harry Truman waiting, but I care that he kept the office I stand in waiting. See, we have to honor that office and 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 we 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 need to we need to esteem the offices that these men and women of God stand in stand in <clears throat> you know one thing we need to guard against is he he's not my now he is Michael Billings and I can call him that and and his mother can call him that and my mother can call him that and we don't but you know what he quit being Michael I mean you know it's nearly like he's more pastor than he is Michael and that's why I know some people think it's strange because even in the, like if I'm at the beauty shop and I'm telling them something, I'll forget that they're not in the church maybe. And I'll say, well, pastor said this. And I know they're going like, she calls her husband pastor, but (laughs) you know, you know, to me, because I'm around you so much and I call him pastor to you because that's right. That's, that's esteeming the office. That's, that's, it's not right for me to say to you, Michael said for you to go buy three Cokes for the no, that's not right. Pastor said for you to do this. Pastor asked if you would do that. That's correct. That's proper. So I'll forget why. Because he's more pastor than he is Michael. Hallelujah. And I know, so if that's strange to you, we'll get your mind renewed on that and you'll get your mind around it eventually. Hallelujah. See, sometimes our mind fights us. We want to keep, well, we want to keep them. We want to keep them where we, there again, we've taken on the responsibility. I'm going to keep him humble. I wouldn't call him pastor. Well, you won't, that's great, but you won't be able to receive what you need from him. I mean, let me ask you, if you're dying at DCH, you want Michael Billings to come or you want Pastor Billings to come? Which one? I mean, think about it. I don't know about, I'll just let me get, this is, I'll, I'll answer the question for you. You don't want Michael Billings to come. You want the office to come. You want the office to come. Amen. You don't want the man to come. Unless you're just wanting somebody to pat your hand and sympathize. And if that's true, well, hey, we can just get one of the little kids out of Children's Church to come up and they might even be kinder and nicer and probably wouldn't rebuke you for what you, you know, hallelujah. Hallelujah! You know when we call uh, David uh, Ellis, we call him brother David. That's esteeming the office, because when they're in the office, unless they're in the office of pastor, there's nothing to call them except brother. Hallelujah! Uh, brother Ross, we're esteeming the office. Second Chronicles twenty twenty. Are y'all still with me? We're just about through. Amen. Hallelujah! Just about through. We're winding down. I won't get boy. I got a bunch more notes, but I won't give you all that. Second Chronicles twenty twenty. Something you know. But we need to act on it. We act like we need to believe it and act on it. Second Chronicles twenty twenty, Remind ourselves of it. Now, I'm preaching this because we got some special meetings coming up. God's sending some people to us. And I, I personally believe, Pastor and I had prayer time Tuesday. We were at the church. We spent some time together praying. And we were praying about these special meetings. And I was literally stirred and believe in my heart that these are significant meetings, not just for this church, but for the state of Alabama. There's been a lot of prophecies go forth about the state of Alabama. I believe these m- meetings are significant for that. I like the fact that Brother Ross lives in Alabama and Brother uh, David used to pastor in Montgomery. They have a heart. And you know, Brother David, something about, well, anyway, I won't get in that. He'll tell you, but kin folks over in Blount County. Anyway, he's got roots here. So he's got, you no, know, it's not like he's coming in from Oregon. Never heard of Alabama. You know, you know what I'm saying. A lot of people don't have an esteem for Alabama, to tell you the truth. A lot of people from other states think we're, you know, huh? Slow. <laughs> Byron said slow. That's a nice word. Well, uh, you know, because Southern people do kind of, just because we speak slow, don't mean we're slow, does it? Is that right, Pamela? Pamela has got that slow Southern. You know, she answers the phone sometime in the church when I call out here when she's not cleaning. And it's like, I can't wait for her to finish her sentence because I, I want to say, is Pastor there? You know, it's like, I want because she's, you know, she, it takes her a while to get through. Word of Life Church, this is Pamela. How may I help you? And I'm like, I'm like, before she gets Word of Life finished, I'm like, let me talk to Pastor. You know, that's my impatience there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but she's typical she was raised here she's from the south she talks slow hallelujah but we're not slow because we talk slow i'm telling you this is the as far as i'm concerned this is the foremost state in the union yes. Hallelujah. Yes. hallelujah i'm glad i got here oh. i believe god's chose this state out to use it yes. amen. amen in these last times and you know the well the roll call of the states who's the first state who do who gets to answer first Alabama, Hallelujah, glory to God. Second Chronicles twenty twenty. Thank you, Jesus. But you know, in some places we're not known for all the best stuff. You know, I because brother, I'll tell you this. I mean, y'all aren't in a hurry. But Pastor Avery, he went to Russia, and he was going. He was smuggling Bibles into China. No, he went to China, not Russia. He was smuggling Bibles into China. This has been a few years ago, and he he was smuggling Bibles in. And so the first day he went in, had the Bibles in the briefcase, and. Uh, and he just laid the briefcase up on there. That Chinese customs official opened that briefcase, looked at those Bibles, didn't see them. Holy Ghost. Shut the briefcase, handed it back to him. He took him into China. Next day, Pastor Avery said he got a little bold and really probably a little self-confident versus God-confident. And so he laid the briefcase up there and he opened it himself. And that man spotted the Bibles and confiscated him of course anyway but anyway when the Chinese official saw his uh passport and it said Alabama he said uh he said Alabama Forrest Gump you know (laughs) you know so you know it's like is that what we wanted to be known for You know, I don't think so. Anyway, so I was going to tell this story. We were in West Texas, in uh, San Angelo, Texas, traveling ministry when we were doing that. And I was telling that story. And so I asked them, what's Alabama known for? I thought they'd say football, you know, because I thought that's all I've heard since I got here, you know. (laughs) And so I asked them, what's Alabama known for? And somebody spoke up and said rednecks. I'm like, what? (laughs) It's like, I didn't want to be known for that. (laughs) Hell yeah, somebody say yeah, yeah, hallelujah. But we're so much more than that. We're even so much more than Alabama football, let me tell you. Hallelujah. That can fail. How many of you know it can fail? But Jesus never will, and Jesus is in Alabama, and he's got a plan, and we are the state. And I don't care who believes it and who don't. And Pastor Buzzy's from Arkansas, and he believes it. And he said he wished it was Arkansas, but it's not. And I could tell that when I drove through. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't y'all? I mean, anybody that names their team a hog, you know. <laughs> no. Hallelujah. And they were chapter 2 Chronicles twenty twenty, And they raised early in the morning. No, that's wrong. Yeah, it is. It's just long. And they rose early in the morning, went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa, and as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, "Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall ye be established; believe his prophets, so shall ye prosper." There's that fivefold ministry again. Believe. Did you ever notice this is just kind of interesting that God, you know, God has this all figured out. That this is in 2nd Chronicles 20:20. 20, 20. Let me ask you, what what's there something about 20:20? Huh? Perfect vision. If you want to have perfect vision, or you could say perfect per- perspective, you're going to have to believe his prophets. Because that's who God's... God's going to speak to you through the 5 phone ministry gifts. And let me tell you something. Believing is esteeming. Being patient to listen. Y'all are being patient tonight. Being patient to listen. And I'll tell you something else, and we'll close with this. Let me tell you how to listen. Listen with your heart. You know, even taking notes. Now, I believe in taking notes and everything. But we just want to make sure that we're not just putting it from our head to a piece of paper. You know, and just kind of forgetting our heart. Just head, listen, paper, head, paper, head, paper. We know we don't want to be too heady in these things, do we? We don't want to be heady. We want to listen with our heart, respond. You need to respond with your heart tonight. Respond in praise and worship with your heart. Don't let it just be a head thing. Amen? Make sure it's not just a head thing. Respond with your heart. Uh, So believe what the ministers say. Believe what your pastor says, and you will prosper. What will God speak? He will speak direction, correction, inspiration, motivation, and inspiration. Now, I could give you scriptures on all those, but we don't have time tonight. But direction, correction, inspiration, motivation. I said inspiration twice, didn't I? Anyway, hallelujah. You got the point. Let's stand up together.